so much for tuning in to the Apology Podcast. For those who aren't aware, an apology is an anonymous apology given by way of pom-pom. I've been running this project for the last nine months and I'm super excited to report that on Saturday night we launched the very first Apology exhibition at the Print Bar. So thank you so much to everyone who came along. Super excited to keep this project going and feel free to keep submitting your apologies via the website www.apology.com. So we are rapidly approaching a thousand apologies, but today I will be interviewing the 922nd apology giver. So I'm super excited to interview a young woman today about her story. so well thank you for inquiring at this time so let's just launch straight into it um what will you be apologizing for today i'm sorry i just can't let it go okie doke so let's start by writing out your apology so before launching straight into the story of your apology let's start by asking a few little questions so I just want to know what is your earliest memory of giving someone an apology oh my lord I don't know I think I'm an over apologizer like a oh my god I'm sorry oh my god I'm sorry usually even like when I learn a language the first words I learn are I'm sorry like when we were in Indonesia I was always like ma'af and in South America lo siento like I am an over apologizer so. Okay, and do you re- like? Do you always remember having been an over apologizer? Like, do you ever remember a time when you weren't this way? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember a time when I wasn't like this. No, I don't, and I don't know why it started or how it came about. But I just know I'm always like, I'm sorry, oh my god, I'm sorry. Okay, so considering the fact that you are an over apologizer, do you find it hard to give someone a sincere, heartfelt apology, or do you feel like all your apologies that you give are very heartfelt? Um, I guess it's hard to like pinpoint exactly what I'm sorry for when I'm apologizing, or if it's something I feel like I need to like be sincere and genuine and make it significant. I'm a big um, baker and gifter so it will always come with something so yeah yeah okay so do you think that it's sometimes maybe easier to give an apology at the same time as giving something as well like using something as a vessel for apology yes absolutely 100% I need like a physical thing there to like show that my apology is happening or to like kick start the conversation at least with your apology today which I've got here I'm sorry that I just can't let it go Tell me about this apology. What's the story? Oh, it's a bit of a saga. Um, so when I was about 13, 14, my big sister, she ran away from home. I have no idea what kick-started the running away from home, what grief she had, what, what beef she had going on in her life that made her feel like she needed to run away. But um, I guess, as you can kind of imagine, it was a pretty big deal for my family, especially when no one could really pinpoint her reason for running off like that. Um, And so she, you know, there was lots of searches done, police called, all the things. And eventually, after like a few days, she was located and we knew where she was and that she was okay, but she refused to come home. Like just refused and she was probably like 
17 at the time so it was it was a fairly big deal um, and impacted on everybody quite a lot and um, we've kind of she was she was gone for about 10 years after that away from the family oh my goodness yep so oh my goodness how old were you when this was happening I was yeah I was about 13 or 14 and yeah so while she was gone we we kind of had vague ideas of where she was and that she was okay but she didn't um she wasn't in contact with my parents so it was it was pretty deep pretty pretty big and after 10 years she did come back and nobody has ever talked about it and that's what I can't let go I can't it's like a black hole of existence in my family that she disappeared and when she came back she we nobody ever talked about it we just welcomed her into the door and pretended like nothing ever happened and so I, the reason I'm sorry I can't let it go is because I live in this fear that every time her and I have a slight argument now I will just blurt out my frustration with her about it okay um so since she has returned, did you find out any more information as to why she left and why she justified leaving? Did you know anything about who she was staying with or yeah, so part like the more compounding to the hurt of her leaving was when she did leave, she um she she went to like friends of family and made up stories and I distinctly remember in grade 9 the end of a day at school being called to the principal's office and having no idea why because I am an over apologizer in a goody two-shoes especially at school I would cry if I didn't do my maths homework like so I got called to the principal's office like terrified and I remember sitting there thinking what have I done wrong what have I done wrong and then the school guidance counselor coming in and um then all of a sudden she started asking me questions about my family and do I get along with my parents and I'm thinking where is this coming from of course I do I've got great and then they started asking questions about my sister and I'm like oh she doesn't live with us we don't really talk like just just got like you know answering what I could and then they said oh she came to visit us today and told us some things and we just need to know more I like you can imagine the kind of like distress it caused and then they were very understanding and kind of understood that my sister was going through something and they didn't need to pay too much atten attention to it and I'm sure they called my parents and let them know that it happened but then of course I had to come home from that meeting and talk it through with my parents what they'd asked and what my sister had been up to and I'm like I don't know I didn't see her so it's like it's it the whole thing was awkward and nasty and I guess like for me as a 14 15 year old not really understanding why she was doing that and for seeing my parents anguish as well the whole thing was just awkward and painful so just getting a little bit more specific are you able to tell me what you think the or what you now know to be the facts of what the guidance counselor was alluding to like the worst thing that anybody could ever say about their dad. All right. Yeah. Okay. Are you able to tell me what that was? No, I can't even. It makes me so cross. Hey, listeners. I'm just pausing this recording at this time because it was clear that my guest was feeling a little bit uncomfortable 
articulating exactly what her sister had told the guidance counsellor at her school. So we regrouped for a moment and decided that I would just come out and ask her the question. So I know it's kind of hard to find the words, so I guess I'll try and articulate it for you. Um, can I ask, did your sister tell the guidance counsellor at your school that your dad molested her? From what I understand, yeah, that's what she was telling friends of the family and what she told out my teacher and the guidance counsellor. Oh gosh. Um, so from that happening, um, how did you feel when you first sort of caught wind of the fact that that's what they were asking you and the fact that your teachers had that information even though you knew it to be untrue? I like felt sick. Like I feel sick about it now, like just shaking and I, I can't explain it. My dad is anything but like the the gentlest, kindest, most patient man you'll ever meet. Like, I did the, the thought of that even coming out of her mouth, it, it makes me not want to be related to her. Like, how could she even, like, uh, yeah. Do you know where this came from, from your sister? Like, do you know why? Has she ever alluded to why she said this or where it came from? No, and all I... All I can think about now is she she must have been going through something else, like something must have been happening in her life or in her chemistry, in her brain. Or She's Scorpio, so she is so stubborn, like stubborn to she will, she will argue for the point of arguing. So I don't know if she backed herself into a corner so deep and so narrow she didn't know how to get out of it without telling lies or she didn't know how to justify her running away without telling lies. Like I just don't, I don't know. So after the 10 years of her being completely estranged from your family, how did it come about that she kind of re-entered the family, I guess? And was she in contact with you during that time? Yes, yeah, so over that 10 years, she did um, get in contact with my younger brother and I. And um, she, especially like early on in that she would call my brother and I and ask her, ask us to come and hang out with her, but we weren't allowed to tell my mum where she was. And so again, like that, then my brother was only 13 and I was about 15, 16. And to be put in that position, like that's a, that's also a mean thing to do to someone um, and like so filled with conflict and especially when, I don't know if my brother picked up on it so much, but I could see how much it hurt my mum not knowing why my sister was doing this or behaving like this and not knowing where she was. So to ha have this conflict all the time, it was just really, like just not fair. Like she shouldn't have asked that. Like if she had a beef, fine. But stop involving us and putting us in an uncomfortable position totally so how far into the 10 years um of like her being away did you get that call to the principal's office and was that the first time that you had heard about this situation uh so that happened like within the first six months of her being away it was pretty early on and did she ever speak to you about this or was that the first and last time you ever heard about it? First and last. Never, ever heard about it again. It was never raised. Never. No, ever. Have you ever spoken to any of your other siblings about this happening? No. No. Never. Never. No. So who did you, if anyone, confide in after you had that initial meeting where it was alluded to 
the fact that this had been happening. Oh, my best friend. Yeah, my best friend. Yeah, yeah. And she, she, she was like, she, I, she had no words just as much as I did. And I was like, it's too disgusting to even talk to anybody else about. So have you ever tried to talk to your sister about this? No, because since she returned, that part of her life, that 10 years of her missing, we none of us talk about, nobody in the family mentions. It's like a, like I said, it's like a black hole that we all just have popped in a shelf and nobody even acknowledges its existence at all. Okay. Is there, this is, this is a tough question, but is there any part of you that thinks that there would be any truth to what she's said? Zero, like nothing. No, no chance. Okay. Um, all right. So your apology, you're sorry that you can't let it go. Are you sorry because you wish that you had a different relationship with your sister now? Or are you sorry for different reasons? Um, yeah, I'm, I guess if I, if I could let it go, we would have a better relationship. When she turned up 10 years later, she was pregnant without any money and nowhere to go. So she had reason to return. Um, and everybody, yeah, they did. They opened her up with welcoming arms. And at the time I was really like, get fucked. <laughs> like, get fucked. <laughs> you are not welcome, pregnant or not. And it took me a solid nine months to realize that, like, no matter what, my mum and dad were happy to just have, have her present. And it was kind of a bit like the prodigal child returned, which I also felt really like, fuck you, you whore. Like, I just wanted to, like, rage. But like I said, my parents were just, after 10 years of, anguish I could see their happiness to have her back so I just put it aside and she was pregnant and you just gotta there's someone else coming into the family so you just gotta all right move forward do you think as much as like your um guidance counselors got in touch with you about what happened do you think your parents know what like the accusations that she made against them or um, namely your dad like or do you think they're unaware? I don't think they. I don't think they know. I don't, you don't think they know? I don't think. Uh, mate, I don't think they know. I don't know. I don't because I don't think it's a forgivable. Well, as much as I would like to hear her apologize to us for saying that, or apologize to me for do it, like putting me in that position. I, I, if she did apologize for it, I don't know how you'd get past it. It's such a thing to say. Such a lie to make. Do you think that if your parents knew about the accusations that she made against your dad, that they would still have a relationship with her and do you think it would be a different relationship? Or And have you ever wanted to tell them? Mm, I've, I, I wouldn't want to hurt my dad any more than, like, I wouldn't want to. Like, he doesn't. It's, it's such a lie that doesn't deserve repeating. Yeah. Um, and I get... If they know, or if if they did know, I don't I don't know if I guess they would trust her less. But like I said, like the the happiness that they had of her returning was yeah just yeah. So that's probably mostly why you feel like you can't ask them because you don't want to challenge their happiness. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they, everybody was happy to just forgive her for ten years being gone. 
who am I to like go, oh, well, wait, this thing happened. Did you know about it? Or yeah. Have you ever been tempted to confront her in private about everything or and to have like a good solid chat about it? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, because I am sorry that I can't let it go. But also she has done such a great job of making those 10 years non-existent as well. She's very good at skirting that time of her life or pretending like she never did disappear or... Um, so do the people in her life now know about this disappearance and the accusations that she made at that time? I don't know. When she got got married a couple of years ago, it was like a discussion I had with my mum. Do you think that her fiancé knows about that time? And mum was like, I don't know. I said, should we tell him? Because it's, you know, it's a testament to her character. And uh, mum was like, well, it's not really our place to say it's you know their decision so well, fair enough I guess mum's right in that regard yeah mm. yeah um what effect do you think um not having made this apology and not having been able to let this go has on your life um well mostly it's my relationship with my sister because she is very fiery she, like I said she's really stubborn so she is quite fiery and she can can be if you haven't she's a bit of a bully so I let her kind of have her way or in situations or and bully me a little bit and every time we have a bit of an argument I always let her win always because I live in fear of coming out with the well when you disappeared you did this thing and just like blurting and vomiting out all my angst that it could be hurtful to any possible connection that we have now. Do you think this has an effect on her life at all? Do you think that you and her, the relationship that you have and your inability to let what happened go has an effect on her life or do you think she just doesn't realise that this is a thing? Mm, I don't think she realises that it's a thing for me. Um, I think that she realises she impacted on my parent like she impacted my parents and that their life I think she knows she caused them a lot of grief by being gone for so long um I did say to her once that how much it pissed me off that she used to call us and make us not tell mum where she was and that was a really sort of passive aggressive and manipulative thing to do to little brother and sister um but again she just changed the subject so swiftly and so smoothly that it was something brushed over that we couldn't really, I didn't want to go any further down that path. Um, if you ever could find the words to bring this up with her and to give her this apology, can you imagine in some hypothetical universe like how you would go about that? Um, <laughs> it would take a really giant cake maybe I don't know <laughs> I mean I think if I ever was going to do it I, I was there at the birth of that kid that she was pregnant with that time and uh she was in labor for like a full the whole day and I remember like going to the hospital when her waters broke and us sitting around the old martyr mothers like freezing because the air conditioning there is turned up so high and I had like six jumpers on and we were playing cards with like these um 
dirty porn cards that I'd been <laughs> given, and we we sit. We thought we looked like a couple of Darrows sitting there, and while she's in labour, I th- I often think that if I was ever going to bring up this, I sh- should have done it then because it was like a time of new beginnings, and I should have. But what stopped you? It was already an emotional enough day, and I didn't want to ruin it. I didn't want her to all of a sudden have some kind of shock or panic and, you know, make the labour more difficult. Um, and I was kind of enjoying just having that, her come like that relationship right there in that moment. It was quite, it was nice, you know. I guess it's interesting from you saying that you're such an over-apologiser and that sort of thing. I think that it's interesting that perhaps do you feel like you're owed an apology from her um, and perhaps you would need an apology from her before you could then give yours? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And do you think she will ever apologise to you for what happened? No. I think she would have done it already if she was going to. Thanks so much for tuning in again to the Apology Podcast. If you'd like to submit your own anonymous apology, head to www.apomogy.com. And if you'd like to have your own story featured on this podcast, send me your tales to apomogy at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Bye.